0: My first investment actually was passive. It wasn't a smaller deal, I was a smaller operator, and it was a smaller uh, investment, capital investment. But what did it give me? I was able to officially call myself self-storage investor. And then I was be able to put on a personal financial statement, and this personal financial statement, it's a statement that you provide for a lender, uh, and it had storage in it, even though I didn't really own that storage but it was a great one. Many of you probably want to escape nine to five, but what ended up happening, we as entrepreneurs, end up working nine to nine, nine to 10. Tell me guys, is it true or not? Yes, it's true. But again, we come into storage because we want to achieve that freedom. And freedom is realizing that you have a choice.
1: Welcome everybody to Self Storage Income. And today we are talking about the self storage beginner. Well, technically, it's not us. So we have Eric Hansen and Masha Klapanova. Sorry, Masha, I always struggle (laughs) with your name. Uh, But um, this is a, a really exciting uh episode because of not just who's speaking or whatnot but the format in which meaning that we had our event last year and at that event we had a lot of speakers one of the speaker at last year's self-storage income event was at our event the year prior and did not have any storage facilities then masha acquired a storage facility and then came back the next year and she was actually speaking Uh, So both Masha and Eric uh, had not had storage. They now both have uh, one and two facilities, but they spoke about being a self-storage beginner at the event. So we recorded all of these and uh, we are releasing that now as we get ready for the self-storage income event coming up here in uh, uh, how long do we have now? it's september we got uh,
2: about three weeks or so ish no is it give or take? soon yeah yeah incredible Back now uh no yeah it, it's, yes. it's coming up really fast and man it's so cool to be able to be 26 these stories. Yep. yep it's coming up fast guys you it gotta is. move on it that's uh, right links down below you guys can go check out dates and everything but um it's so cool and so important to share these stories of these individuals who you know are connecting with the storage community getting educated learning how to invest find deals all of the aspects that you need to get started, going out, actually implementing that knowledge and skill, and then being able to actually close on facilities, become investors,
1: go back to an event a year later—it's yeah. just so cool, man. Well, and self-storage—I mean, saved kind of Eric's whole business and everything because he was. This was in COVID, and he was a contractor, I mean, and COVID hit his business hard, it, like decimated, right? And so he then turned into storage. And got a facility right. And that's where he pivoted and moved. And now he's a storage investor. Um, And it just shows how, you know, even a quick turn like Eric, it was like, I got to do something now. Mm -hmm. And he made it happen. Both of these individuals now have multiple facilities, but they were beginners like nothing from nothing. They, you know, they didn't have money. Masha had none. Masha's from Russia. And she came over here, um, I believe with her mother, and she's really young and she made it happen. For all of you, this is going to be kind of a look at uh, some of this, we, we're gonna release more content. First of all, it's just really good content. I mean, we have incredible speakers, incredible information that we haven't released. Um, and moving into this event, we'll try to get more of that out there so you can see the quality. Uh, the location, the networking, everything is is amazing. So uh, make sure you're there. And for now, self-storage beginner, you guys can listen to Masha and Eric and take in their experience, wisdom, and knowledge. Love it. Let's dive in.
0: One, two, three. Self-storage. Thank you very much. So I'm excited to share with you what I've been through and what everybody, even though you're maybe a newbie, or you've been already highly experienced in the industry, I'm sure you will get something. Many people like to expose online only the good part. But let me tell you, it's not all about it. There is hard work, there is discipline, there is persistence, doubt, sacrifice, late nights, failure, lost deals, betrayal, risk, rejection, fear, disappointment, and almost ready to give up. But let me tell you, I strongly believe that we don't have to to go through all of that in order to become successful entrepreneurs, investors, and self-storage owners. And that's why I'm here today to show you and get my commitment to you is to make your journey easier. Many of you probably want to escape nine to five. But what ends up happening, we as entrepreneurs end up working 9 to 9, 9 to 10, 9 to 11, plus weekends and holidays. Tell me, guys, is it true or not? Yes, it's true. But again, we come into storage because we want to achieve that freedom. And freedom is realizing that you have a choice, whether it's time freedom whether it's location freedom or maybe financial freedom. But we can also achieve that freedom not only for ourselves, but for our family, friends, partners, and investors. So that's why let me introduce you to my Freedom Flow Formula, which is the acronym LEADER. So L stands for Logical Systemizations, E for Elimination. A for automation, D for delegation, E for empowerment, and R for rinse and repeat. So let's start with logical systemization. Or simply, you could call it systems or processes A to Z. So what is Z? Z is simply our final destination, or your small goal or big goal. So small goal could be, this week, you want to put an offer on a deal. Or as it could be buying, more, buying five more storages this year, and we actually get five storages under contract. Thank you. So how to get to that Z? We have to take steps A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and whatever else it takes more. But most of us tend to, to keep those steps just in our head. We don't write them down. We don't uh, put them in a software. We don't plan and strategize. But is it the most efficient way for us to get to Z, just to keep it in our head? So that's why I knew that Z is our vision. And in order for us to get that vision, I knew I had to get closer to my vision. So I When I didn't even get any storage on my LinkedIn account, I put a self-storage background and also on my Facebook. So if you guys want to follow me or have any questions, just go to LinkedIn, Instagram, or any of those platforms. I also was showing up on Zoom calls with a storage background. And this was right in 2020. So everybody was Zooming, everybody was on webinars. So I always make sure that everybody know me as somebody related to self-storage. I also put my title as self-storage investor, and my first investment actually was passive. It wasn't a smaller deal, of a smaller operator, and it was a smaller uh, investment, capital investment. But what did it give me? I was able to officially call myself self-storage investor. And then I was be able to put on a personal financial statement And this personal financial statement, it's a statement that you provide for a lender uh, and it had storage in it, even though I didn't really own yet storage, but it was a great one. You also get to build a relationship with a general partner and see what's going on behind the scenes. And on top of that, of course, you will get all the benefits of passive investing, which is tax advantages, building wealth, passive income, and hedging against inflation. So but what gets us uh, away from our vision? Let me give you an example. So I started building my business plan and I took it a little bit too serious. I wrote 80 pages. <sighs> I spent countless hours. Of course, I pretty much almost lost the deal because I was just, the perfectionism was getting away. But at the same time, let me tell you that I was able to create that step-by-step process and share it with lenders, with partners, with investors. But most importantly, I had the process for myself. And I knew how to get to that Z, how to get to that my vision, my end destination. And uh, another example you guys probably all familiar is deal analysis. Who've been stuck in analysis paralysis? Right, we're just analyzing, we waste so much time, we are just so un- promising to brokers, whoever, sellers, those, we're gonna, we're not delivering them, we are uh, being able stock, and of course what happens? We lost deals that way as well. But when I was working so hard and being the perfectionist, I was able to develop my own model. And when you have your own model, you can be an independent uh, investor. You don't have to rely on someone else who will be able to underwrite a deal for you. I will be able to provide, uh, create a custom model, which whenever I feel like I want to adjust something, I can do it. It's also a dynamic model. And of course, most importantly, I can get those numbers and those returns. So how to stop us from getting stuck in that paralysis analysis in the perfectionism and um, just overdoing thing is have that goal, know that goal, and create those steps. But most importantly is to simplify it and eliminate. And that's why we get to the next point of the freedom flow formula is elimination. And we can eliminate things on a high level and a lower level. When I was First, before I even jumped in self-storage, I had uh, interest in different asset classes and investment strategies, which were uh, flipping, wholesaling, multifamily investing, senior living, mobile home park, and storage. So I had to uh, eliminate all other asset classes and just put my 100% focus on storage. Even though at that time, I was already. I just paid for a wholesaling, residential wholesaling course, but I couldn't do both. I knew that. Let me put 100% focus. And one of my also visions was to create a self-storage brand. So when people think about Masha, they think of storage. And let me tell you, after about a year-ish, people start sending me text messages such as, "Every time." I see a storage place. Now I think of you. <laughs> Isn't it so romantic? <laughs> I want to ask you also, you as a self-storage investors, what type of roles do you play? Deal broker? Director of acquisitions? Underwriter? Investor? Property manager? Mortgage broker? Any other roles can you guys think when you, be, you are a self-storage investor? Developer, great. Any other roles you play as a self-storage investor? Janitor? Could be, totally. OK, so let's just run through them. Graphic designer, website builder, wholesaler, architect, market research analysis, boots on the ground, inspector, IT specialist, HR manager, photographer, capital raiser, motivational speaker. And you all, guys, conference goers, right? So we definitely play a lot of roles. So when you look at it at least, I'm like, "Um, I think it's a little, a lot, I felt a bit overwhelmed. So you have to understand what can you eliminate when you're starting out, when you're already in process, what's the most important will get you to your goal. So for me at the time, it was social media. Even though I'll start producing social media later on, in the beginning, I knew I had to put focus on other roles and then already later on, I can focus also on social media. But unfortunately, sometimes we cannot eliminate important steps. So what we can do next is automation and automate. Without technology, I would not be able to find, buy, manage, or scale. Because on top of that, all my facilities are out of state. And even before, while I was buying all those properties, I was also doing it out of partially out of country so without technology we would not be able to do it and i would not be able to go to costa rica and keep my business running because right now there's a lot happening so i need to make sure even i'm in the middle of a jungle i want to get my business going so ask yourself what can you automate maybe even implementing such a thing like calendly if you're familiar instead of Just uh, setting up calls with somebody, have a Calendly link so you can schedule calls with potential investors, potential partners, quicker and easier for everyone. But if you can automate, what can you do next? Unfortunately, robots, we don't have robots that can find, buy, manage, or even scale our facilities. So we need to still have humans involved in our business. That's why the next step is delegation. And I've noticed that many of us are afraid to give up that control. And we keep working in business instead of on business. And AG constantly talking about it, that we keep just working in business. Okay, great. So then let, let's go and hire a property management co- company or property manager. But many of us who are starting out, or oh, we have a facilities that are only about 15,000 square feet we have to become more creative. And what we can do besides getting boots on the ground? So a year ago, I started building my virtual team. And my, a year ago, I just hired a Filipino for just five hours a week, helping me with market research and uh, data input. My goal for this year was is to have two people for deal flow and acquisitions one person for media, one person for uh, as a copywriter, um, manager, bookkeeper, and the right hand. But the really goal is to have an executive virtual assistant who will be able to really take care and make sure that all of them are doing the right thing. My big mistake was to start building my virtual team too late in the process. It was a year after I started And honestly, I could have started having it even earlier than one year after. So what's getting in the way of us uh, delegating or getting virtual assistants is, again, giving up that control or believing that no one else will be able to do as good job as we are. Or training. Sometimes we say, oh, it's going to take so long to train someone, I just better go and do it myself. Or another one is thinking you are not big enough. And that one was definitely for me. I was resisting to starting. I had to be someone I had to make as much money in a business in order to start off. But again, you can start with just five hours a week. A week, it's not that big of a deal. So what can we delegate? So one of the easiest ways to really determine how can you start delegating um, is to create this table and see what you don't like doing and you're not good at. What you don't like and but you're good at, what you love but not good at, and what you love at good, at good at. So I knew that in the beginning, I mean, I was not the best at anything like maintenance or physical improvements. I'm not a big fan of like writing emails or copy and paste things and uh, data input. When I receiving deals, I have to put it on my writing, uh, underwriting model. Um, It was becoming pretty annoying, copy and pasting, that unit mix, right? And sometimes you get that long unit mix, copy and pasting, it was such a waste of time. So that was the first thing that I delegated. Then I was looking, what else I don't like, but good at, underwriting, and uh, writing and in systems, and market research. So market research, again, there are certain ways, you can go special websites, and I knew that it's another great way to start delegating. What I love, but not really good at, is video editing. It's fun to create all those reels and stuff, but uh, is it really the most f- best thing I should be doing? Not really. So I knew helping getting VA and helping with that was definitely sufficient. And what I love is um, creating systems. So when I create those systems, it's great. Um, I enjoy them, but I don't like again writing them writing them down or putting them in the software my VA will be doing that for me. And uh, I also love build relationships, being with you guys, uh, meeting new people, and building teams. And you never know, coming from this conference, who will be our potential partner, who will be our potential investor, or who somebody will be introducing. So it's beautiful what we can create at these amazing conferences. And another thing, of course, I love doing is inspiring and empowering. And that's what I'm doing right now. I hope I get to inspire a little bit of you guys and empower. So let's get to the next point. Talking about empowering is next puzzle. If you cannot delegate, you must empower. And what is empowerment? Empower is to give uh, that uh, big role to someone and trust them that they will be able to make that important decision for you. So right away, you would think it's potentially a lawyer they will probably make important legal decisions for you, or a partnership. So how do you find partners? But let me tell you, there is a better question to ask. Who are you and who your partner should be? So you can do a SWOT analysis of yourself. Don't just do a SWOT analysis on a business, but on yourself. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are your opportunities? And what are your threats? Or another way to look at it is this uh, pie. So money, network, know-how, and time. When I started, um, I wasn't super rich, OK? So I knew I couldn't just go and buy those facilities like easily. So I needed to find partners and investors. Network, I was zooming with my storage background, building those relationships. So when I started, even though maybe I was Comparatively new, I already knew people. That's how I found my partners. That's how I found my deal. So network, we can all build it. Uh, Know-how, obviously getting educated, um, become a part of the coachings, masterminds, and uh, or coming to again, this type of conferences. And time, we need to sacrifice sometimes that nine to nine and put time and make it happen. So what do you have the most out of this? And what are you lacking? Where do you need support? Find a partner that's kind of an opposite of you. There was a couple things that I could not delegate. So it's really, I could not delegate uh, physical improvements. I needed a partner who understands better when they see a facility, okay, how we can improve it. As well as underwriting, even though I can say I'm pretty good with underwriting, but I just don't like spend hours and hours in front of the computer underwriting. So now my partner is also has a phenomenal underwriting model and he underwrites deals. So if you notice, a lot of the things start kind of d- removed, either delegated or empowered to other people. And then there is hiring an expert lawyer. With my partners uh, in the beginning, when we hired, and I want to give a shout out to uh, John Lizzie for recommending me on my first deal, a phenomenal lawyer, uh, Gray Littlewood. Where, But let me tell you, he is an expert, and he is not your cheap lawyer. But let me tell you, that we were totally uh, uh, legally educated and legally protected. And we know from rich dad, poor dad, never be cheap with your lawyer. And now, even though my partners were not happy that we had to spend money on the lawyer, we're all happy that we're really protected. I also, talking about empowerment, empowerment, I love empowering others to achieve that freedom uh, through passive investing. So other people can make money while they sleep, while they travel, or while they're sipping coconut water on an island. So if anybody wants to get empowered, let me know. We have some opportunities on the plate. After we went through all of that, we got to just rinse and repeat it. So we have systems. You guys put systems in place. Then you're able, so let's say that 100% of all the steps that needs to be taken. Then you're able to eliminate something. Maybe you're able to eliminate 10%. Then you automate, you're able to automate another 10%. Then you delegate 20% and empower uh, your partners with another 30% and you can really free yourself up. That's why, guys, I strongly recommend apply Freedom Flow formula and be the leader. Be the leader. And if I am just, I'm not special, I am just an immigrant who had an American dream. And if I am doing it, you guys can do it too.
2: When you guys are looking at property management software for your storage facilities, there's a ton of options out there, but no other option compares to Tenant Inc. Tenant Inc. is going to be your one-stop shop solution that has an amazing amount of tools that you can deploy at your fingertips to maximize the value of your facility, to operate it more efficiently, more effectively. They have an open API where you can back in almost anything you want you own your data and it's just an incredible solution. I can't say enough good things about these guys. Link is in the show notes. Be sure to check out Tenant Inc. Thank you, Masha. We have a lot of stories in Store Local and you're gonna hear a different kind of story now from Eric Hansen with Our Space Storage.
3: name of my company is Our Space Storage. We own um, one facility out by Yuma, Arizona in a little town called Welton. It's a uh, it's a small town that triples in size during the winter with uh, snowbirds and RVs, and um, so it seems like it's been a, a, a healthy storage market because of the seasonal nature of the town. It's uh, my, my background is in construction and uh, land development. I've been moonlighting as a uh, commercial broker for the last seven years or so, and I've done a lot of land. I've done a lot of multi-family, I've owned multi-family, I've owned single-family rentals and um, but I have a, a, a great wife who was always encouraging me y- we should get into storage, we should get into storage so um, like Masha said I, I had to decide where to put my focus so I decided I should listen to my wife which uh, I've learned over the last 20 years um, is usually has a good result so I started looking into storage and um, the first step that I did was I started talking to all my contacts about it. And one of the people that I've helped with real estate transactions was um, my father's cousin who uh, um, his, his, his father lives in Welton, Arizona. So he said, hey, I, I know about this storage facility. It's right by my dad's place. And he gave me the uh, information for the owner. And so I started talking to her. She was elderly, she had built the facility with her husband and uh, um, she was looking to sell. So, um, kept talking to her every month or so. Finally, when she was ready, um, she told me what she wanted for the facility. It was a great deal, so uh, we pulled the trigger. So, that's what I wanna talk to you about, uh, what I did with that facility, how we took it from uh, where it was and and, and brought, it, brought it along and, and added quite a bit of value, so. This is what it looked like at the time we bought it. It's 100 units. It was uh, had, had a 65% occupancy at the time. There was no website. Um, there was, uh, you couldn't find it on Google, so if you were looking for storage in the area, you literally had to know the facility was there. You had to go up and see the number on the gate, call the number, and then meet some guy out at, at the facility and, and, and rent rent the unit. So. Um, that's why it wasn't re- leasing up because it was really hard, so um, uh, There was no, no property manage- management software. In fact, she didn't have any leases She didn't have any even records of who her tenants were there, there was we didn't know who was in what units. So uh, what I had to do is get two years worth of uh, canceled checks from her bank and become a detective, and looking on Facebook, looking on LinkedIn, most of these people aren't on LinkedIn, L- looking on, uh, looking on, um, you know, just Google searching these people, sending out snail mail. It took me months to, to figure out who was in what units, and even then, there was probably 20 units that we couldn't find, so we, we, lo- we overlocked the units, we put um, notices on the doors of, of the people who we didn't, didn't know who they were, and then, um, A few months later, after uh, no contact, we eventually cut the locks, and eventually we we found most of the people. So um, that was an adventure, just trying to figure out who was there. There was no leases, like I said. There was no accounting records. So we had to pay all all cash for the deal because obviously with no accounting records, you you can't finance a a facility. So, um, and it was bringing in a gross revenue of about $3,600 a month at the time, 10 by 10. Was getting fifty dollars uh, when we bought it. So this is what it looks like now, after a year and a half. It's three percent vacant. We've got ninety-seven percent occupancy. We we added a website. We added a property management software. Um, we uh, got on Google. That was a process because to get on to get on Google, you have to. Um, uh, you have to give them certain information, and then they have to send a, uh, a letter to the physical address of the facility. Well, there wasn't even a mailbox here, so I had to install a mailbox and, and then get you know have somebody pick up that mail, and it took a while, but we got on Google, so after, after we got a handful of good five-star reviews in there, we, uh, we became the number one um, search result for storage in that area and uh, that really helped drive our occupancy as well. Um, we use storage for our property management software and um, so right now with our net operating income at a six cap, the, the facility would be worth about 1.1 million dollars. There's an aerial of the facility. Um, we did purchase two additional acres uh, adjacent to it to the right. So we're looking at expanding. We uh, actually got approval to expand, but the, the costs are just um, a little too high right now. So we're uh, holding off on that. We put new lighting on the facility. So that was a, a nice upgrade that we did. LED lights, they don't cost very much to run and they add a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of value to the facility for maybe $3,000 for the whole facility.
0: And really, the the,
3: the key to um, what we've been able to do is implementing different technology uh, on the property. The first one, you know, the property management software was key to having the ability to um, just see that dashboard, see who's overdue, who who's uh, who who is um, moving out, moving in. You see all your messages coming in. You have document control. I mean that, the, um, the functionality of a good property management software is uh, amazing and we got our website done through storage as well so people can make payments through the website. You can also uh, do analytics on your property management software where you, I, I have mine set up so once I go above uh, a certain um, occupancy it automatically raises my rents for me. So. I can set that and then if it, it, once it falls down, it'll drop the rents and then, um, you know, drive the occupancy on the whatever size unit is, um, is struggling at that time. Probably the best thing we did was add Noki to the facility since I live in California and the facility's uh, four hours away. Um, I, and I don't have a full-time property management uh, person so, um, adding noki was a game changer for us. I think we had twenty plus percent thirty uh, percent delinquency in by the middle of the month there were still people paying rent. I was spending a lot of time on the phone, sending emails um, trying to trying to get that money in the door. so now when people are late they can't they can't get in there in the facility. it's fantastic. Um, another thing uh That helps manage the facility uh, with Noki is um, I I can control what hours they come in I can um, I can see when who's using the facility more I can see who's on the property Um, I can uh, if somebody sometimes people want to go look at a unit I can go on my phone and I can just open the gate right from my phone wherever I'm at I can tell them what unit to go to open the unit for them they can look at it and uh, everybody's been impressed by it. So uh, I, I've been very happy with Noki. It costs about $300 per door to put in, but it was uh, well worth the investment for us. I think I mentioned this, the delinquency process is, uh, is much easier with Noki. When, you, when you're getting ready to go to auction, you just change the, the status of the unit to auction status, and then the um, who's ever on site can go in there and uh, take pictures, and. Access the unit and uh, it's been uh, it's been amazing It's also really good for the tenants too because they can see if their door was locked They can see who's been coming in and out they can um, They can also very easy you just hit a button if you want to give access to your friend or your spouse You just share access and then um, it's it sends a text right to the other person's phone and they can access your unit. You can, you can do it for a day, a month, a week, or indefinitely. You can share the access. So if there's someone who just needs to come in for one day, the tenant can do that. People have really liked that function. Another uh, amazing thing that um, helped me out a lot with my delinquent payments was uh, I used, um, I used the, a collections manager, which um, is it's by a company called Call Potential. And the, the nice thing about the collections manager is it will just hound your tenants until they pay. And every time they pay, it gives them the option to join uh, on auto pay. So um, it, once they go past uh, or, or when, the, when the due date's coming up, it sends them a reminder text, and then there's a link that they can just click on the text. And then once they get overdue, it starts sending them like it alternates between a text, a robocall, an email, and with every communication there's a link, or if it's a phone call, they just press a button to make a payment. And so uh, it makes it real easy for me. I I hardly ever have to make a collections call anymore, and my delinquencies are down to less than 5% by like the, the middle of the month, every month. So this has been uh, a game-changer for me I um, highly recommend looking into that if you're having trouble get money in the door um, another thing that I did was hire a hire a call center um, so I didn't have to I I work uh, I work a normal job and I'm sure a lot of you guys do so I I can't just in the middle of meetings all day just just take calls for uh, tenants who are having issues so um, now my call center handles at least 80% of the issues that come in. <clears throat> they take rentals, they, uh, they, handle, um, they handle problems for me, and uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a great service. If, if they miss a call or if someone calls in with a lead that um, they're, they wanna, they're shopping around, uh, I get that email right away and then um, it's $25 for them to take a rental. So if I see a lead come in the door, and it's not followed by a rental notification, I follow up right away and I try to save myself $25 and uh, you know, that's um, uh, been, uh, been, been great. I get the voicemails, I get them on my email, I can listen to them and return those phone calls. Some other things that uh, I, I feel like have really helped drive the value and my occupancy on, on my facility are uh, good accounting, I mean, that's why I paid such a low price for the facility, um, in part because she didn't have good accounting. Um, every month I get my, um, my profit and loss statement, I see what my net, net operating income is, and then I can show that to a bank or a pr- prospective uh, buyer someday. So, um, as I mentioned, getting on Google Maps was huge too. Getting those five-star reviews really ups your rankings in, um, in Google. Getting good pictures online, and um, one key thing that we did was we uh, hired um, we hired one of our tenants to be our on-site person. So when units need to get swept out, when um, there's a door that's jammed, when the gate's not working for some reason, my on-site guy will go out there and um, and take care of that for me. Um, getting QuickBooks was, which fully integrates with the property management software, was. Um, was a very helpful tool, changing out the lighting. Um, tenant events, when we did Noki, we have a very, um, I'd say technologically unsophisticated population in Welton, Arizona, so I was a little worried about the Noki implementation, but um, I only had uh, one tenant with a flip phone that didn't have an email. So. Um, for those people, they have a little key fob that you can give them, and uh, they can access the, the facility. Um, last but not least, I, I recommend joining Store Local. Um, I uh, give a shout-out to Travis. When I, uh, when I got started, he was um, always available to talk to me. He helped me um, find uh, a great accountant, Maricela Diaz. She's here. She, uh, she does great work. Uh, my attorney Ian Quinn, he helped me find him and he uh, also reviewed my plans for my expansion. He really helped me with uh, with a lot. So not only do you get um, the good service, uh, Anne Marie has been amazing, Um, just the people that you meet and the referrals that you get and the relationships are uh, well worth the cost of uh, joining Store Local. This is just an example of uh, the financials that I get every month and you can see right now i'm running at a 28 uh, percent expense ratio so um, all these services and all this technology it's not uh it's not cost prohibitive it's um it's allowing me to stay lean and mean and operate and remotely manage uh, a fairly small facility um for uh not that much money so i i just this is kind of a summary of um take advantage of the technology that's out there. I mean, you know, the call center is amazing. The collection module um, was fantastic. If you are trying to manage remotely, these tools will help take the pain out of it. I mean, I, I, I really hardly spend any time at all and, and it's, uh, it's running like a Swiss watch at this point. So last but not least, I just feel like this is, this is an ideal mix that I've found for running and uh, remotely operating a uh, small self-storage facility. And I, I apologize to the hummingbird people in the audience. I'm sure you'll get me eventually. But um, <laughs> I I've just got, uh, these, these are kind of my, uh, the backbone of what I've been doing. So uh, thank you for listening to my story.
2: Thank you, Eric. Thank you, uh, Masha and Eric. Uh, appreciate the presentation, it's awesome. Um, Eric, uh, you said you're from California I'm from California too a long drive I'm in the Central Valley now and there was uh, electricity went out so when there's no power at your facility what's your alternate plans or what do you have a backup system for that
3: you know that's a good question We actually um, you wouldn't be able to get into the facility that's the main problem because the gate is electric but If you wanted to jump the fence you could get into your unit because the uh, it's the nokia I forget what it's called the whatever the one that uses the battery is so uh, you you, probably if the power went out I would have my manager go and and manually open the gate and just leave the gate open and um, and then people would still be able to access their their uh, their units do you have nokia at the gate the the gate is nokia as well
0: Mm -hmm. yeah we have a solar panel um, but also we have a contact for emergency uh, gate company. I remember we had an um, issue with the gate and it was Saturday like 7 a.m. and we were able to get the uh, that emergency uh, gate company to come in and uh, uh, fix the gate ASAP That's within amazing. two hours.
2: How many years until keypads, locks and keys are obsolete
0: because consumers refuse to use them? 10. Seven. Coming, it's coming. Yes.
3: How much coaching do you have
1: to do for new tenants on the Noki system? Um, you know, where it's the way we have it set up at our facilities, it's pretty seamless, so they get a message. But a lot of our facilities, we have older tenants that don't really understand phones. They can't even get online to make a payment on the website without a lot, a lot of coaching. Do you have that
3: constant, you know, tying up the phone system? I'm not gonna lie, I've had some painful phone conversations, um, ha- getting people to download the app, they're figuring out their Bluetooth isn't turned on, and, and um, you know, but uh, I've gotten better at it, and I've never been unable to walk someone through the process. Um, so yes, there there have been times where I've had people who uh, had difficulty figuring it out, um, never in person, but over the phone, um, I've, I've uh, I've had that, but I definitely wouldn't say it, it would have uh, changed my path. If I could have seen the future, I still would have done the same thing. It's, uh, It hasn't been that difficult.
2: Thank you very much, Masha and Eric. Thank you.
1: Thank
0: you.
3: All right, everybody. Now,
1: you guys have got a preview of what multiple days of the event uh, looks like. And this is a self-storage beginner. A lot of people I hear are somewhat nervous. They go, well. I haven't done anything at storage. Should I go to the event? And it's that's why you should be there. And I love I love these stories because of how much excuses and mental blocks that we put in front of ourselves. And I think even as experienced investors, mm-hmm. we start to lose sight of the mentality of even when it was when like how much action we had to take even off unknown things, right? And um, being and hearing these people back in that position it reminds me right you can't know everything and you have to take action and how to limit downside and we talk a lot in this podcast about the things you need to know this may be macro things this may be where conditions are because what we're trying to do is help you understand those things that you don't know right so it can help you make decisions and move forward but a lot of people rely too much on the idea that they have to know everything before they get started if you listen to this podcast first of all you know i can't even express how much more you know about storage than I did when we started. That's, it's not even measurable, right? So there was nothing, there was no books, there's no, you know already so much more. Um, and so these stories are not only just inspiring, but very, very helpful uh, for individuals at multiple levels, whether you're experienced, whether you're a beginner, but you have a few facilities, or whether you got nothing, right? Whether you're an immigrant, whether you hadn't even considered storage, but now you're in a place to where you have to consider it. It also shows, too, the difference that these events make. I mean, I remember talking with Masha and everything, and she said, next year, I'm gonna be a storage investor, I'm gonna be, and then someday, I'm gonna be on that stage, year later, Sure enough, she had facilities, she was moving and um, she accomplished that goal. So make sure you guys sign up at the link below. September 26th. It is a very close, tight knit group here. You're actually with the speakers. We're at a resort in Coeur Idaho. That's stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. It's not a huge, massive event where you're just a ticket walking around. Very intimate. Very intimate. And we keep it that way. And we want to see that range of investors, that networking that takes place um, that's happening. So make sure you guys get everything locked in, follow the link below, Uh, get that book today.